What's up, my dudes? What's up, my dudettes? It's the Case of Corner Podcast recording on this weekend. <sighs> I'm frustrated right now. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are frustrated right now. LSU just got shit kicked in their season opener, 44 to 34 against Mississippi State. Um, a game that was very sobering to LSU fans around the country because, uh, how did Dorothy say that in the Wizard of Oz? We're not in Kansas anymore. Well, uh, Toto, we're not in 2019 anymore. The LSU football team has a completely new roster, completely new personnel, and it showed in a big way in a hapless defensive performance against Mississippi State. We're going to talk about that game, break that down, uh, talk about every angle of it, and then we'll wrap up talking some high school um, throughout the next however long we go. Um, first things first, man, like just from the beginning of the game, I, LSU's defense looked a little bit flat, and I know the instinct is going to be, well, they didn't have Derek Stingley on the field. Casey, you know, that that's a big loss. And, and yeah, I mean, you, you lose an All-American <laughs> Uh, to unexpected circumstances and allergic reaction and whatever the hell happened. Um, that is a big deal. Um, gave up 623 passing yards. Um, one guy is not going to offset that. You allowed three players on Mississippi State's team to get 100 receiving yards. You're not going to offset that. Um, but we're going to dive headfirst into all that stuff. And talk about just about every angle of the lost here uh, in the next several minutes. A um, couple of bright spots. because We're going to talk about some good and some bad. I mean, it wasn't all bad. Uh, the result was bad and everybody's freaking out. And there's going to be a lot of overreactions and this, that, and the other. Um, we'll talk about a couple of bright spots first. Then we'll kind of rant and rave about some of the things that went wrong. Um, one bright spot, I thought Jabril Cox was the real deal. Interception return for a touchdown. He's pretty good in the running game. His strengths were offset um, today by the Mississippi State offense. Uh, he's a run-stopping linebacker who's pretty good in coverage, too. Mississippi State, quite frankly, didn't even make an attempt to run the ball today, uh, nor should they have. Uh, so Jabril Cox, I thought, was the real deal. I thought he played well. Uh, Terrace Marshall had two touchdowns, 122 yards receiving. Had a couple of drops here or there. I get it. But, I mean, that's part of the deal. He had 122 yards, two scores. Thought he was okay. Um, LSU's special teams were okay. Um, Cade York made a couple of field goals. Zach Von Rosenberg, seven punts. Pinned the opponent inside the 20 on five of the seven. Um, outside of a hiccup on the kickoff return team where Trey Palmer um, stupidly took the ball out of the end zone, deep into the end zone. Uh, I thought LSU special teams were mostly okay. Um, but, I, you know, the positives are kind of few and far between. Other than that, um, there were not a whole lot of things that went right for LSU. Eric Gilbert, I guess we could label as a positive as well in his first game. 37 receiving yards and a touchdown. But even that's a little bit of a stretch because he's been hyped and billed as this superhuman player. And we didn't really see that today uh, for LSU. Now the negatives. Um, the negatives are are big. <laughs> um, your entire secondary sucks. Uh, like it is what it is. Your entire secondary right now, especially with Derek Stingley out, they're all awful. Every one of them that played today, big minutes, was awful. Um, Elias Ricks had the interception, but got burned his share of times. Um, 
Jay Ward, um, hapless. You know, he was he looked like a a boy amongst men out there. The the Nichols transfer that you got looked like a boy amongst men. Um, just about everybody that they threw at Mississippi State, they didn't have an answer. Cordell Flott was not very good. Evans, of course, was the guy I was just talking about a minute ago. Um, you're supposed to be DBU. You're you talk shit on social media throughout every offseason and you go out of your way to subtweet and, and talk noise every time someone else claims the title, then you'd better do a little bit better than that. Um, DBU's larger than one guy. If you're going to allow 623 yards and five touchdowns to uh, a Mississippi State team, these are not five-star receivers that you're guarding. These are you know two- and three-star receivers that you're guarding. If you're going to allow 600 yards to those guys, um, I apologize, and it pains me to say this, but you're not DBU right now. Um, you're, you're, you're punished, you're on the sideline, and you're going to have to earn that title some other day uh, because if you've only got one defensive back capable of making plays, um, th- then you ain't it right now. And, and they've got to build some depth there in a hurry. Mississippi State actually did a lot of things to give LSU opportunities. The interception return for a touchdown, you know, the the fumbles and, and some of the different things that they did, they allowed LSU an opportunity to make this close when, quite frankly, it shouldn't have been that close. Um just too many guys streaking down the field unguarded. Basic shit. They're running crosses, and, and you just can't man up, can't guard man on man, and they're taking advantage of you. They're they're exposing you, and, and here's my frustration point with this. We're going to talk a lot about this. I don't mind losing games, right? Like, I'm a realist. I knew LSU wasn't going to be as good this year as last year. I mean, I'm not a dummy. Last year's team is all playing in the NFL. I'm not a dummy. I I know that this year's team is going to be challenged and going to be limited. What I do have a problem with is an outright lie. Ed Ogeron lied to us. Um, He spent the entire last three weeks telling us in this PR crusade that he's been on against Dave Aranda from the day that he left campus they, which started with the you know the SEC Network special about the, the 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 title team, which didn't feature one second of B-roll showing Dave Aranda. He left the school on bad terms, and LSU's been on a crusade to sort of show him up ever since then. For the last three weeks, Coach Ogeron has been telling us that this year's defense is better than last year's defense at any point in the season. That is a bold-faced, outright lie. Last year's defense would not have given up 623 yards. They would not have given up 44 points. They would have put up at least a fight today against this Mississippi State team that just ran roughshod, did whatever they wanted to do. Um, Positives from the defense. um, Your defensive front, I thought, looked pretty good. Uh, They were on the field far too much, so they got gassed at times. They were generating some pressure with their front four at times. The, the transfer, number 11, let me go pull up his name. I want to shout him out. The the, the transfer player, um, Ali Gay, Jr. from Garden City Community College. I thought he was terrific. At times, there were other guys up front that were making plays and making things uncomfortable for Costello. Uh, but by and large, everything in the back end was, was just treacherous. Just absolutely treacherous. And 
I don't know that Bo Pelini's the blame. It's only one game. Um, I just don't think that those guys are very good. I don't think those secondary guys are very good. And uh, that's troubling going forward. And I'm curious to see where it goes from here. Um, offensively, I see a lot of things on, on Facebook right now that are Miles Brennan this, Miles Brennan that. You know, folks, I got, I got news for you. Like, I thought Miles Brennan was actually okay. The first half, I thought he was, was really poor. I thought that he really struggled. I thought that he made a lot of mistakes and was very indecisive. But sure, if you look at the final line, twenty. if you would have told me this morning whenever I woke up to do radio that, okay, LSU is going to score 34 and Miles Brennan is going to pass for 345 yards, 27 of 46, three touchdowns, two interceptions, I would have signed my name in blood at the casino to say that LSU would have won the game handily. Um, the, the, the interception where the guy is streaking down the field open for a touchdown, his arm got hit. He made the right throw. His arm got hit. And then the interception at the end, that's garbage time. The game's over. He's just trying to force something, make something happen. If you want to throw darts at this LSU team, there are a lot of things to throw darts at. But folks, Miles Brennan uh, was 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 not necessarily one of them. I'll give you this: um, the kid's a little bit indecisive in the pocket. I'll give you this: if there's pressure in his face, um, he's in big trouble. I'll give you this: um, you know he's not Joe Burrow. But guess what? There's not going to be another quarterback in our lifetime that is going to do the things that Joe did. So, I thought Miles in his first start, all things considered, was okay. In Joe Burrow's first start in Baton Rouge, he didn't even have 140 yards passing, uh, whereas Miles had 345 yards passing today. So I thought that Miles was okay, all things considered. We just got to have a little bit of perspective here um, and realize that, you know, this is going to take a little bit of time. Now, going to take some questions and everything. We're going to pause, have a quick commercial break in just a minute. Then we're going to take some questions from our listeners about the game. I've got several questions. But very quickly before that, um, where does it go from here? Uh, LSU now is going to have Vanderbilt next weekend. One of the big questions everybody's asking me, well, how many games can this team win? Um, folks, folks, let's 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 calm let, let, let's put the you know the, the foot on the brakes right here, okay? Do I think LSU is going to win out? No, I don't think LSU is going to win out. Do I think that LSU is going to have this disastrous um three win season and go three and seven no I don't think it's going to be that bad either I think reality is going to be somewhere in the middle and you know for everybody that is panicking and and freaking out and and you're you're the the problem right now like anybody who thought that this year's team was going to amount to last year's team is just not living in reality that's just it's not true. Now, should LSU be more competitive against Mississippi State? Yeah, absolutely. You have every right to be frustrated. But this idea that this was going to be another 10-0 season without blemishes, without problems, that's just not reality. So what I expect to see from here is I expect to see a rallying of the troops on Monday at practice. I expect to see a hard week of practice. I expect to see LSU go to Nashville, beat the holy hell out of a very bad Vanderbilt team, come home and beat Missouri, get to 2-1, and one, and then from there, kind of steady the ship. Do they beat Florida in Week 4? I don't know. 
but I think that you're looking at a team that still could win six or seven games, still could be competitive against some of the better teams up ahead, and they're going to get better as the season goes on. How many guys today, folks, were making their first start on either side of the ball? Um, just about everybody. Miles Brennan, Chris Curry, you know, with the exception of Deculus on offense, Terrence Marshall on offense, Todd Harris, Ja'Cory Stevens, like just about everybody else was making their first start. Um, not making excuses, and neither did Coach O. At, at the end of the game, at his post-game press conference, he said, hey, look, no excuses to be made. Uh, but that was ugly, and it was ugly because I think a little bit of nerves at the beginning of the game, a little bit of fatigue at the end of the game, and then just a lack of experience and, and, and knowledge of, of what it takes to win in the SEC. If this schedule were not COVID-affected and you would have had the cushion and you would have had the opportunity to play Texas San Antonio in the first game, knock some of the bugs out, I think that would have been good for this team. But playing an all-SEC schedule, it's a little bit of a different animal, and LSU got humbled today. Um, so we'll see how it goes from here, but I think that LSU is going to beat Vanderbilt comfortably. I think they're going to beat Missouri comfortably the week after that, get to two and one, and then we'll see how it goes when they go to the swamp and see if how much improvements they've made from, from then to now. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to take some questions from our LSU fans who are freaking the bleep out and understandably so as the Tigers get humbled in the season opener. This is the Casey's Corner Podcast here on LaFouchegazette.com. Let's take a quick break to welcome our new Casey's Corner sponsors, OrthoLA. OrthoLA is committed to improving the lives of patients by providing effective, innovative orthopedic care with the highest level of integrity, compassion, and professionalism. OrthoLA has seven board-certified and fellowship-trained surgeons that focus on the diagnosis and treatment of conditions, disorders, and the injuries of muscles, bones, joints, tendons, ligaments, and nerves. OrthoLA has five locations in the area and they accept all patients, including children, and they treat a wide variety of ailments, sports injuries, chronic conditions, workplace injuries, and others. OrthoLA accepts most major insurance companies and no referral is required. Providing expert care close to home, that's OrthoLA. Check them out today. Some Q&A stuff and everything with the LSU game. It's the Casey's Corner Podcast here on thefushgazette.com. But before we do that, uh, we want to dive into the LSU uh, Ed Ogeron post-game press conferences. So we're going to tap into that and hear everything that Coach O had to say. And then we'll take a break and then we'll get to your post-game questions and everything like that. So let's go to Coach Ogeron at the podium right now on the Casey's Corner Podcast. I give credit to Coach Leach. He had us team ready to play. Uh, they beat us. Uh, we have no excuses. And when we don't win, I told the team, put it on me. I got to coach them better. Uh, 632 yards, 623 yards passing, uh, man-to-man coverage. Uh, we couldn't stay with the guys. Uh, we made too many mistakes. Uh, we did not protect the quarterback. When we did protect the quarterback, we were late on some throws. We went right on the uh, a couple of reads. Uh, Miles didn't make some good plays. We dropped too many balls. I think our offense woke up in the second half. We ran the ball a little bit better. 
but just way too many mistakes. And uh, just give credit to Mississippi State. Uh, they did a good job. They had a good scheme. The crossing routes really hurt us. I told the team, we're going to find out what we made of. Let's go back to work. Any questions? Coach, David Pulse from Associated Press. My question is, defensively wise, one, how much did not having Stingley in the secondary, yeah. you know, hinder things? And was it scheme or was it execution for what yeah. you were able to do in the yeah. secondary? Yeah, first of all, obviously when you lose a player like Derek Stingley, it really hurt us. Uh, and then uh, we had to play Jay Ward. Jay Ward was out for two weeks. Uh, he had a, a minor operation, didn't practice much, and had to play most of the game today. So uh, he was a little behind, and uh, that wasn't, that's not his fault. He just wasn't ready to play, but that's all we had. Uh, Darren uh, just came in from Nickel State. He wasn't ready to play. Uh, but, yes, did we miss him? Yeah, some, it was scheme. You know, a lot of times they caught us in man. They had some crossing rounds, but we just couldn't cover the guys. And uh, But I thought, you know, we pressured uh, – Quarterback well, we got some turnovers. We just didn't cover man to man well. Coach uh, Marcus Fitzpatrick with KEOB in Alexandria. Um, despite the loss, uh, how much pride did you take in seeing the progression of a uh, wide receiver, Jare Jenkins? I loved him. I thought he was good. You know what? Jare's had a good camp. You know, I'm proud of Jare. Uh, he had a good game. And I think that he's going to continue to get better. He's a good young man. Hey, and I guess, you know, as you step back from this game, I guess what, what sticks out in the defense? Where do you go next? I guess kind of what is your evaluation after this? Well, first of all, we get Stingley back. You know, I think we did some really good things on defense, man. We pressured the quarterback. I thought our pass rush was good. We had some blitzes, and somebody's supposed to take the back out the backfield. They didn't take them. You know, we had too many missed assignments. You know, we got to look at why we have the missed assignments, what's causing them. Uh, too many guys were running free. Too many guys were getting beat one-on-one. We just got to go back. To looking at if we can cover uh, man to man, if we can't, we got to make a uh, make a decision, play some zone. And Michael Cobble, WBRC, was this surprising offensively? Uh, how out of sync you guys were? Yes, yes, especially the first half. It didn't look like uh, you know we dropped ball, we weren't protecting, we couldn't, we couldn't get any third down. Nobody looked like nobody was open. Miles was holding the ball. Uh, you know, hey. No excuses, man. We've got to get better. And, and the execution was not there. No question. Nicole Hutchison with KLB. I mean, obviously, you hit the nail. Defensively, you guys are pretty solid. Uh, Jacoby Stevens, though, the first sack of the game within like a minute. I mean, how much of a tone setter was that for defense? It, it was a tone setter, man. And you know, it's what I've seen all these preseason games, what I've seen all practices. Very aggressive on defense. I thought we had a right rush. I thought that the rush was good. That just we, we broke down the coverage. Anybody else? See, sorry, but see, Brooke. I'm trying to unmute Brooke. I see. Was that? Okay, Brody. Yeah, and I guess I mean you obviously haven't lost a football game in nearly two years. I guess just kind of how you know what do you say to the team and how do you try to kind of rebound for a team that's not used to it? I told them put it on me. When they win, I give them the credit. When they don't, I got to take the blame. 
I got to get better. I got to coach better. I ask everybody to look at themselves in the mirror, see what we're doing. Let's get better. Let's stick together as a football team. We've got a lot of football left. I still believe we have a good football team. We have a lot of young guys that play for the first time. They got their taste of SEC play. Anytime you play in the SEC, there's going to be great athletes across the ball. You got to win your one-on-ones. We didn't do that tonight. Hey, Ed, uh, just seeing Miles Brennan out there today, what did, you, what did you see from him and kind of pass protection there? What are some of yeah. the things you think you all have to work on yeah. there? I saw some inconsistency. I thought that he threw you know, the deep ball well. I thought there were some guys that were open. He had some pressure. Uh, didn't step up in the pocket and made the right reads at the time. But you know what? It's all got to start in protection, man. We got we got to protect. We got to run the football better. We got to beat up front. Coach, uh, of course, there are only a couple of bright spots defensively, but you have Jabril Cox and Ali Gay. You know, they, they stepped up a good bit today. What do you think about their performance? I thought both of those guys were all over the field. Uh, Ali Gay had some batted balls. Had some pressure on the quarterback. Uh, that's what we've been seeing all spring, all, all preseason. Jabril Cox, I thought, played very well. And I got to watch the film, see if he had any bust, anything. But I thought he was all over the field. Those two guys are a big addition to our football team. Hey, Coach, Matt Trent, WBRZ, uh, kind of piggybacking off those offensive line struggles. Uh, how much of it was the offensive line just legitimately not blocking guys or Miles just holding on to it too long and not being comfortable in the pocket? I think it was a combination of both, to be honest with you. Uh, there were some guys, too many guys free, so that's protection. But there were some times where he could have stood in the pocket and got rid of the ball a little bit quicker, and uh, he didn't do it. And uh, so I think it was a combination of both of them. And it was weird in there um, today with the fans and, you know, Longest game ever, it felt like. But uh, how was it operating, I guess, and, and just the general idea of kind of being back? Yeah, it was good. It was great to be there. You know, the Tiger Walk, but, you know, saw a couple of fans. Uh, I thought there was some energy on the field. You know, uh, the fans got loud at the end of the fourth quarter when they had a chance to win the game. So I thought it felt good. I think I think the fans did about as good a job as they could. You guys got uh, time for two more questions. Hey, Coach, uh, you mentioned Jacoby setting the tone early, but him throughout the day, it seemed like as much as he could, he tried to come up with huge plays when those opportunities were there, including the strip late that kind yeah. of you guys to from Sorry, I, I couldn't hear your last part. What was your last oh, part? So, I mean, all the way through that late strip, they kept you guys in the game a little bit. Yeah. Jacoby stepped up to the final spot. Well, yeah, I thought he made some big plays, you know, and, and Jacoby's – you know, Bo, Bo was very smart putting Jacoby close to the football. He was a rusher today. He was like a linebacker. Made a lot of plays. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a great year for us. That's why I gave him number seven. I think that uh, he, he played a good game today. Obviously, we just fell short. Hey, Coach. Uh, you know, obviously, it was a rough day for you guys in the secondary. But, I mean, just, what's your message, I guess, to some of those younger guys maybe had, you know, kind of a rough outing out there? Yeah, welcome to the SEC. Got to get better. Hey, this is elite, man. You got to win your one-on-ones. And uh, anybody you play any any given day in the SEC, there's going to be athletes across from you. We got to cover them. We got to win our one-on-ones, or we got to do something different. And uh, some of the young guys that hadn't played a, a bunch, you know, uh, they're just going to – I think they're going to be really good football players. 
They just got to get a lot of experience, and uh, we wasn't there today, obviously. All right, thank you very much, Coach. Thank you, guys. Go Tigers. That was LSU football coach Ed Ogeron. Um, post-game press conference today as LSU falls 44-34 to against Mississippi State. couple of things to take from this. First, the brutal honesty of admitting the obvious. Those defensive backs weren't ready to play. Jay Ward has no business being on an SEC field. Elias Rick should be a low-end nickel-dime guy. The nickels transfer you got has no business being outside of the Southland Conference. Those guys weren't ready to play. They can't play at this level right now, barring something drastically changing in the future. Uh, there are going to be some issues. I thought that it was very brutally honest of Coach O to say, hey, man, we might have to play some zone. We might have to do some things different. If it were me, it wouldn't take me giving up 600 yards of passing offense to see that. Uh, but I think that it's good that they're at least having the conversation. I also think that it was very good and honest of Coach Ogeron to say like Miles Brennan's got to throw the ball sooner <laughs> uh, you know you could blame the offensive line for some issues and rightfully so at times but you've got to throw the ball sooner and he was very indecisive in the pocket and I'm glad that Coach Ogeron pointed that out I liked the positivity and I felt like um, you know he still has a good vibe and a good spirit about him and I look forward to LSU potentially playing a bigger game next Saturday and a better game, a cleaner game against a lesser opponent. And, uh, you know, it's just a bad matchup today. It's bad luck when you're already down defensive backs with, you know, look, we knew cornerback was going to be a thin area on this team and an area where they would have to develop some guys. We knew that when Kerry Vincent went down, or went down, yeah, when he quit uh, on the team. We knew that when, you know, some of the other guys left the team. And then much less to lose Stingley uh on Friday night when you can't have a week of practice prepping these guys. Um, just terrible timing and a terrible matchup, and I look forward to LSU being much better in the week two and getting a little bit of momentum and, and you know trying to piece this thing together. So let's catch a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get to that Q&A, which we talked about a second ago. It's the Casey's Corner Podcast here on LaFoucheGazette.com. Guess what, guys? We have another exciting announcement to make about some of the wonderful ways that we're going to be serving our public going forward here at the Lafouche Gazette. Beginning this fall, we're going to be launching our Generation Next series, which is going to be highlighting some of the amazing young men and women who are in our Lafouche Parish school system. These are going to be young men and women who are in school clubs and are succeeding in the classrooms and are doing everything possible to establish themselves as the next leaders in our community. Our Generation Next series is going to involve your help. We need your help in the community to make this happen. So if you've got any student that you would like to recommend, if you've got any student that you'd like to nominate, send them to me, please. Just Casey at gmail.com. G-I-S-C-L-A-I-R-C-A-S-E-Y at gmail.com. Together, we're going to shine a spotlight on these amazing young men and women and give them the recognition that they deserve. We are LeFou Strong. It's the Casey's Corner Podcast here on LaFouche Gazette.com. Talking to you just a couple of minutes after 
LSU's defeat in the opening game of the season, 44-34 against Mississippi State. Uh, we're going to get to your questions in just a minute, but a look around the SEC today, um, it's going to be a little bit depressing because some of the other teams that are the big dogs in the conference are not struggling, um, unlike LSU, who was struggling mightily today. Well, let's take a peek here at the SEC scoreboard. You've got Alabama beating Missouri 21 to nothing. They're looking like they're not missing a beat. Mac Jones is playing beautifully. Najee Harris running the ball hard. It feels like Alabama's on a collision course, man. Um, they lost two games last year. That's like losing 30 games for any other team with the high expectations there. They're rolling. Texas A&M in the early first quarter leading 7-3. to three. By the time you guys listen to this, all these games will have gone final. I'm just offering some brief thoughts on some of the early action. Texas A&M uh, leading Vanderbilt 7-3. to three. Tennessee, South Carolina in the early going 7 apiece. But I really wanted to talk, to talk about some of the games that went final earlier today. Um, Georgia struggled mightily. Uh, we could complain about LSU till the cows come home, but Georgia in the first half against Arkansas looked absolutely terrible. But unlike LSU, they steadied the ship in the second half outscored Arkansas 32 to 3 in the second half in 137 to 10 so they improved to 1 and 0 they're down to their fourth quarterback Stetson Bennett came in in the second half and uh, righted the ship the guy they played in the first half was a train wreck so we'll see if Georgia could get a little bit of momentum but the team to beat right now at least in my opinion is Florida man Kyle Trask is really stinking good um 416 yards six touchdowns today they beat Ole Miss 51 to 35 Florida's in a situation where they return a lot of guys from last year, return your quarterback, return a lot of weapons. They're going to be tough. They're going to be a nightmare for teams in the SEC all year long. They're ranked number five. They remind me a little bit of LSU from last year. They return a, a lion's share of a roster that had already won that nine or ten games, just looking to take the next step. They remind me a lot of LSU last year. They opened up the season today. Look, they've got to get better on defense. There's no doubt about that. But you know who else had to get better on defense early in the season last year? LSU. I trust Florida's going to get that right. Right now, they're the best team that I've seen of anyone in a wild and crazy day. Then, you know, here's the thing. It, it, it always sounds easy to say, well, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, when your primary day job is to report on news and crazy things happening in the world. But it doesn't look like there's going to be any type of COVID issue. It doesn't look like there's going to be any type of hurricane or anything of that sort. So it looks like we can maybe get back to more reg regular schedule. So we'll plan to do a midweek show. We'll plan to do perhaps another weekend show, assuming that uh, we could get everything in and out the door. We'll have a full slate of high school, college, and pro games to preview, a full slate of high school, college, and pro games to recap on the weekend show. And we look very much forward to doing that. And we'll get some coaching guests and all that good stuff. So, uh, somber beginning, I guess, to the show. Having to break down the reality, which is that LSU ain't very good. Uh, but hopefully they could get things situated and, and right the ship and fix some of those problems. Because, whew, man, that was ugly to watch. So, it's been the Casey's Corner Podcast on thefushgazette.com. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, we've got a cold front coming on Tuesday. Get out inside and enjoy that. And we're going to sign off right here. God bless everybody. Stay safe and all that good stuff. Well, I met this lady and I told her quite a story. Said I love her forevermore. But the trouble is I tell